is Rupal here and be recording with us? Oh shit, he's about to enter the room. He lives in you. Rupal's <laughs> force ghost is here. Maybe, Come maybe, maybe the real Rupal was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the plot of the Bad Batch. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of RuPalp's Pod Race, a queer Star Wars podcast. I am Ollie, and I am here with five amazing Star Wars fans who are all queer. And we want to talk to you today about Star Wars, about what's going on, and just the energy that we are all bringing to the table today. Happy May the 4th. We are so ecstatic that you will probably not be hearing our first episode on May the 4th, but you will know that it was recorded on May the 4th. So let's go ahead. I would like to introduce our esteemed hosts. I suppose I will go first. My name is Ollie. My pronouns are they, them. And my gender this week, which is a segment that we would like to get started with, a weekly fun gender update, my gender this week is the fruity little blacks that the Bad Batch was wearing underneath their armor when they got thrown in prison. So now I'm going to move on. Everyone is laughing, but they are all muted, which does make me feel kind of bad, like I'm not funny. But I promise, audience, they are laughing. I'm going to pass it along to Mel. Hello. Hi, my name is Mel. I use they, them pronouns. Um, and we were all laughing. I, I do think it's good that we muted because it would sound like ear blood if we, we didn't. Um, and my gender this week is RuPaul fracking on Ilum. <laughs> Who's next? <laughs> Jess? Yeah. Hi, my name is Jess. My pronouns are they, them. And my gender this week is Tarkin definitely eyeing all the clones <laughs> like the hot man candy they are. Um, I'm Noah, my pronouns are he, him, and my gender this week is the mouse droid that spies on Tarkin while he sleeps with clone troopers. How am I supposed to go last after all that? Hi, I'm Claudia, my pronouns are she, her. My gender this week is, of course, Anakin with the martini glass um, in uh, Voyage of Temptation. Um, just having a really grand old time when Obi-Wan and Satine are having their little tiff um i really appreciate everyone's gender i'm now thinking maybe we shouldn't mute because it does feel a little bit um upsetting terrible so in case you guys couldn't tell this is our first recording um so we are still kind of figuring stuff out so we really hope you will bear with us but we're excited to be here we're just gonna have a fun time you know uh shoot the shit about star wars something that happened today that batch came out i did so what's what's up with that <laughs> honestly i will say just my initial reaction i was not very excited for the bad batch like after watching the bad batch arc in clone wars i was like you know uh crosshair was like oh why did commander cody have to call us and if you guys are so good and jesse was like you can't talk to captain rex that way and i was like yeah you can't talk to captain rex that way <laughs> so i wasn't super like excited for it but like two minutes into the first episode i was like i'm ride or die for these guys oh, I'm i felt the with same them. way about the mandalorian like i was like ugh, another show about a man and then they immediately did it and i was like i would die for these motherfuckers i would and i know i know that's what they do every time every time and they announced the bad batch and i was like ugh, more shows about men really and then i was like yeah but i'm gonna want to die for them anyway so you got me again mouse 
For me, I had a very similar reaction to the Bad Batch because when I first saw it in season seven, I'm not going to lie, I skipped the entire arc my first run through because I was like, where is Ahsoka? Where did she go? So I was not even willing to like entertain the thought of other characters. I was like, where is my woman? So I had to go back and watch it. <laughs> the homophobia. No, not the lesophobia, the homophobia. So I was like, in what world? <laughs> the bad, um, this is another, he, Hunter is a he and lesbian. Stop. Anyway. <laughs> that is true though. Well, yeah, I, I I would agree with that. So I was the same way as like coming into this. I was like, well, they're characters. And then literally I saw them in Order 66 and I was like, my my children, uh, people I would die for, people they would kill for. Like, so now I'm very much like, if you touch them, I'll murder you. That's like where I'm at in my in my journey with with the good batch, the dad batch, the sad batch, assorted puns about the word batch. That's where I'm going. I very <laughs> much felt the same way too, where I could not have cared less about them in their arc in the Clone Wars. But after watching the show, it was just like, oh my god, I now Did love anyone... all of you. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to interrupt. Did anyone actually like the Bad Batch? Was anyone like after the Clone Wars arc about the I Bad did. Batch? Was anyone excited like about arc. the show? I did. I, I liked the arc. I thought you it was fun and funky fresh. Not the case. Okay, to be fair, the, I think they announced this before season seven aired. I believe so. And I, it wasn't like I was like, it wasn't like I was like, oh, I hate them. I was just like, oh, another show about dudes. But, and then I watched it and I was like, oh yeah, this would be cool. Whatever. It wasn't like I hated them. I was just like, I wanted something else. But then, but then they announced all the rest of their projects. And then we found out a little bit more about it. And then I was like, oh, this is about the clones transition into the empire. Oh, that's extremely my shit. Absolutely. Um, 100% Dave. Um, give it to me. Absolutely. I think I was like on board with the idea of the show, like when it was building. And then we saw that remote, that most recent trailer, not the character one before that. And I was like, Captain Rex is here. Like, that for me was the minute I was like, I am tuning in. I am paying attention. And I don't know why, but Claudia, you being like another show about men gave me my, my flash forward to my worst fear, which is which is girl boss Ahsoka as Stop. like the main character of the Ahsoka show. Please like no. I just I I want them to give me like an entire show of just that one moment from Endgame where like we have female characters. Please and that's it. That's Please. All that do not manifest Please. that. To be fair, Dave, Dave be would her, never do that to us. Around the galaxy. She was going to go stand places and look cool and do nothing aside from that. That's all I want. I want Girl Boss. Asaka would never gaslight Gatekeep Girl Boss. She would never. But she's friends with a lot of people who would. Like her and Bo, like I'm not going to say that they're friends, but like in The Mandalorian, at least fucking Bo knew where she was. So what I'm yeah. saying is that Ahsoka is going to <laughs> assemble. <laughs> Hey, can a you guys of- stop manifesting this shit? Thank you. Girl bosses assemble. Yes. Her, her, her team of girl bosses. Based Russo brothers. Yeah, were they going to make her like attracted to a man? Like they're going to be like, we got to keep it consistent. And they're they're, they're going to bring Love Venturi back. And then I'm going to have to walk into Wait, the Wait, does he die? Does he die in Inferno Squad? I can't remember. I think he... Lux Terry, I believe, is still alive. I do believe he is still alive. Someone someone check the Wookiee. If quick. he comes thought... back, I'm walking into the ocean. I thought he dies at the end of Inferno Squad. <laughs> Literally, so I just... Another, like, fun thing to know about us is we don't know jack shit about Star Wars. That's not true. I know a lot. So... I am the reason that all of <laughs> we... TikTok knows that Tarkin is gay. So, <laughs> speak for yourself. <laughs> we will get to that. 
at some point today. Let's, let's recenter. We were talking about the Bad Batch, but because we are five gay people, there is something wrong with us. So we do just speak. We so let's get cell. back. We have a Google Doc. We do share one brain cell. We have a Google Doc here that says the bad bitch with a couple bullet points. So let's go ahead and go through them. The first one is it's gay. Yes, I agree. Um, the next one. My stance on that is just that because, um, so Star Wars is gay because I'm gay and I said so, which is sort of like the thesis of our, our podcast here. Um, like nothing about the Bad Badge is explicitly homosexual. Just I watched it and I was like, yep. Well, I mean, that's not true. There is one explicitly homosexual thing in the Bad Batch, and that is Grand Moff Tarkin, uh, because he is our, our representation <laughs> in the show, giving us everything. Willie Tarkin, please, sir. <laughs> but that, God. Did you all see his little smirk at them? He, that's, that's a gay man. I watched that and I was like, this is definitely fruity. Like, that's, that's the vibe I got from him. I know we all saw Tarkin when he walked in and was about to send the batch on that meeting and he walked up to Wrecker and was looking at his chest and I was like, get away from him, get a job. Don't talk to him. Honestly, that was borderline hate crime. I just can't <laughs> with that. Tarkin is the most homophobic gay man I've ever set my own eyes on. Like, Ryan I Murphy of Ruben. Star Wars. Like, <laughs> shut up, don't even. Ryan Murphy of Star Wars. <laughs> I hate it. Jess and I were talking about this actually and saying like I, I think I may have said it to some of you as well but like Tarkin makes me homophobic like I'm homophobic yes. against Tarkin <laughs> so anyway the Bad Batch we all love it right guys um, so okay let's get back on track the next point we have is foul family which I think there's a lot of in there we got a just inherently homosexual no that's what I was gonna Correct. say like that's a that's an inherently that's inherently gay shit like oh like fat fat be like oh you're you're my family now oh uh oh a child oh you're my family now oh this child is definitely trans oh you're my family now i was like oh this is a homosexual show i understand um i do hope that as the show goes on they maybe show us a little bit of like the bad batch coming together because as far as i know they weren't all created at the same time and i sort i don't know which one came first I mean, Hunter gives me big gruff dad energy. Like that's my my little crack theory. But I sort of want to know, like, who? How did we do this? Like, what was the formation? Like that. I'm I'm curious about how they became the Bad Batch. The other Probably thing not. too, I think I think about that too, is because they're called Clone Force ninety nine, and they're named after ninety nine, who died when the Separatists came to Camino, which was already like I believe a year or two years into the war. So. This wasn't, I assume that they were named after his death in honor of him. So that also adds like, how long has Clone Force 99 been around? Like, what is their, what is their deal? We know them pretty much exclusively from like the one mission they did. And we know they've done more based on the amount of tallies that Wrecker put on their wall in that scene when he was like, oh, we did 11 missions. But I do, I would like to know where that comes from. Like, what's, what's the vibe? We love a found family, but we also love finding the found family. We need I'm sure a, they'll do. We need a lore drop. New bad batch lore drop. Yeah, no, they for sure. I would, I would love that. I do also. Um, I sort of look at them because they're they really do fill the like archetypical five man band structure. You have your leader, lancer, big guy, smart guy, and heart. But there's six of them now, so theoretically, 
one of them's going to drop off. And as much as I want them to de-chip Crosshair, I'm more seeing a dramatic confrontation where someone ends up dead than I do. It's like magical girl archetypes, guys. Guys, Omega's the Chibusa here. Guys, as I said, they're the Winx Club. They're the Sailor Senshi. They're actually more like magical girls. Um, They really are the Winx Club. I want them to have wings. They literally said, oh, we can't fight without our outfits. Like, they literally said it. Like, there's you know nothing That's gay. gay. Yes. That's gay. They, that is I, Yes. That oh, is my God. Like, sell all of us. There's always the one who's, like, the leader. And there's, like, the leader one. Um, so, the, um, Hunter is Sailor Venus. Um, <laughs> Can someone find and make, like, an edit of him where he has the Sailor Venus costume on? That's all I really want. I want I want the Bad Batch in Sailor Moon outfits canonically. I want that oh, in the show. Re- <laughs> Wrecker in the Sailor Jupiter. <laughs> Guys, we need to get, we are, we are, this is so valid. This is so valid, honestly. I don't think I've ever felt more valid. Um, Which one is Chibiusa though? Oh, or no, Usagi, is that Echo? Honestly, I feel like that makes sense. I'm going to be, I will come out and say it. My knowledge of Sailor Moon is quite low. Oh, so. well, then you've come to the right place. Same. The one thing, <laughs> yeah. the one part thing I know um, as much lore about as Star Wars is Sailor Moon. Um, the two genders, know, Star Wars and Sailor Moon. <laughs> I know quite a lot of lore. So when I see a couple of, a couple of boys and people are like, well, they could be like Voltron. They could be like Power Rangers. I'm like, no, honey, they are magical girls. Like let's not in, let's not invoke Voltron here. This is a safe space. <laughs> this that is yeah, a I don't want to I don't want to despite the fact that I made the comparison today that Pidge and Tech are the same character, I don't really want to like bring that energy into the studio today. I I become very uncomfortable. Sailor uh, Mercury, with, Sailor with Mercury. That. I also do like I think that this brings up a good point. A good a good uh, sort of transition, which is another note we have which is whose goddamn white baby is that? Which is something oh, that you God. had you had mentioned talking about tech who is i do love tech whose blonde child is that who now i've got a lot of problems with tech but like he definitely looks like they ran out of django juice um i really why why is omega a darker skin tone than tech there are already so few like good people of color in star wars that are prevalent characters need to have their own their own properties and they're like we're gonna remove some of the only ones we've got going right now we're gonna be done with that and like for what what was the point do your art correctly dave for a dollar i would like lucas films to color match um a, a character of color who has a live action counterpart just once just once i would like to and also so this is just something i noticed in the episode and it really was like i was re-watching it right before we started recording because i was like okay i won't lie it was like 2 a.m and i completely dissociated halfway through because i was like oh my god we saw kanan um like another goddamn white baby another goddamn white baby except for he's italian culture so kanan is like me he's a spicy white an aioli if you will leave anyway mal anyways as I was sorry saying, sorry in the in the cafeteria scene like omega's like having her girl boss moment at the table where they get called the sad batch which i'm sorry clone bullying fucking sucks apparently the ableism 
the ableism they really they it was like the equivalent of like call it like I was like wow I was like oh intersecting identity inter-community discourse there's a lot here yeah Dave did you mean to do a such a good commentary on disability and race (laughs) and and alter and intersectionalism Dave was that your intention or did you just stumble into something much like I believe every Star Wars writer does Dave read one like a was like maybe I should think about feminism girl clone got it got him got him over my she they icon omega I would die for yes she they icon omega the fact that when people when I see people referring to omega by their canon pronouns which are she her I feel like it's a crime against me I'm like I'm still going to continue to call omega they them and The, the council has made a decision that being said I've chosen to ignore the decision that's just Star Wars. That's all of it. Like, I know you've released The Rise of Skywalker. I do choose to ignore it. <laughs> so We're sad that Kylo Ren died in the first movie. But <laughs> Yeah, that was actually crazy when Finn killed Kylo Ren. That was cool. Um, and then he was a Jedi. Love that anyway. movie. Yeah, I mean, when Finn used the Darksaber to kill Kylo Ren, that was pretty sick. Um <laughs> That was so cool. I love when Finn got the Darksaber and then was like, yes, these are my dads, Din Djarin and Luke Skywalker. And this, it, like, I love that. And then he kissed his husband, Poe, on the lips right in the screen. It was like 30 minutes long. It was yeah. kind of crazy, but it was good. And then Ray you know? said gay rights and it was like, boo, 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 <laughs> and then she turned on and kissed Rose. It was awesome. Oh, that would have been great if they let Rose Hines. go outside for the entire last movie. They literally <laughs> kept Rose in like a cardboard box for all the rise of Skywalker. That was like open in case of emergency. And they just like let her out. Like, where was she? But anyway, it's even, a bad batch. even during the fucking emergency, she wasn't there. <laughs> where literally, was she? Literally, they were like, they were like, we're gonna show one shot of her like running character development. We have done representation. We really won. Like, I, I okay. We honestly, did it. We did well, it, Joe. <laughs> This is sort of on topic to the whitewashing problem in the Bad Batch because I feel like a lot of Star Wars fans will give Lucasfilm and Disney so much credit for the bare minimum. They'll be like, oh my God, you like Saw Gerrera, a black man appeared in a show. You guys are like super woke. And it's like- Kevin what? Feige's about to get his GLAAD award for the Eternals. Come on, you know it's I... happening. <laughs> you know it's happening. <laughs> Stop manifesting. Ex-white man no, receives I'm not manifesting. GLAAD award. I'm you have to accept it so that when it happens, it doesn't hurt you as much. You know, you're talking Living about this like it's like, like, you're talking about this like, oh, we need to manifest. Like, you're talking about like, oh, my favorite character is going to die. Not freaking Kevin Feige receiving a GLAAD award. I can't like, I'm not prepared. Joe Russo's the only gay icon that we need from Marvel. And I can't, I'm really <laughs> no. not prepared for another one. Okay. I hate to hear so goddamn much. Okay. I don't know what it's got to do with Joe Russo. Let's let's bring it back um to the the, the bad bitch. Um, we are talking about the batch. Um, Mel was talking about. I never finished um, my. Part. You were t- yeah. I am you so were sorry. About when Omega was like food fight, and they were like, "This is a Nickelodeon show." <laughs> well, see, I was having more of a moment where I was like, "Wait, there is a a difference in skin tone of of the normal clones and them." Pause. So you do know that the clones are a different shade and you've chosen to say actually. And like in the promo pictures, I was like, okay, I'm seeing I'm seeing that we're closer in in uh, 
uh, foundation tone. Like we're getting closer. I am pretty light. I'm half white though. So like, I've got that excuse. Who is Craig Dooku? <laughs> is Craig Dooku the Bad Batch's father? Question mark. Like other dad? What's happening? I didn't notice that at first, but now that you mentioned it, yeah. Like I'm thinking back, and the the uh, like the rags were significantly darker than I would. I would love. I would. I would absolutely die if they were like, "This is Omega, and their mutation is that they're white." That's like the entire like they're not they're not even like we already have oh, Rex. We don't need another one. That's the fucking crazy thing though. During the Bad Batch arc, when I first watched it, I fucking hated Hunter because I was like, the thing that makes him special is just he's white passing. And like, because there is a shot, I'm trying to think what I think it's in the first episode of the Bad Batch arc, where like Rex and Hunter are standing next to each other, and Hunter is a full white man, and Rex, who is fucking barely does not pass the paper bag test (laughs) he looks so brown i was like whoa hold up i guess my point (laughs) is dave filoni welcome to the resistance thank you so much for everything that you've done for us um we love filoni through the first brick and stone wall i i i know that for a fact i does anyone else feel like representation in star wars like a monkey's paw where you're like wow i sure wish we had like allegorical characters for disability and that like it closes and it's like they shall be white <laughs> that was no, that was what is, happened in that studio office. this is what i said about marvel um, it happened with all the marvel movies obviously it happened in star wars before whatever it's like we already have this about gender and about race where it's like oh you're gonna get a woman you're gonna get a person of color but it's going to be the the most stereotypical like pitfall we're gonna fridge a woman we're gonna like you know we're gonna do we're gonna do all the bad things um you know we're going to make you know we're gonna do the angry black man trope for no fucking reason we're gonna make him a terrorist and say that his ideas are bad anyway this is my my saga rara speech anyway like we're gonna do all these things and you're like thank you for nothing um, or, you know, we're going to erase Finn or whatever. Um, the MCU does the same thing. And this is why I've said, I was like, you know what? I'm happy there's no gay people because, well, there are some gay people and we did get I would some. like to say that the Rise of Skywalker is unfair hate for its stunning user representation when two unnamed lesbians kiss in the background of a shot that moves like literally that fast and it's over, okay? You know what? That that's advanced better, gay, gay rights so far. That's better than making Tarkin gay because making Tarkin gay, that's a hate crime. He is a fascist. So I do agree. Before I say what I'm about to say, I do want to agree. There is definitely a problem with Star Wars. And again, with, I think, most major franchise media where they're like, we want representation. All of our women of color and all of our LGBTQ plus people are going to be a member of a fascist regime like the Empire. So that's a huge problem. I also want to say something that I have trouble with as an adult who is consuming media that is primarily targeted towards children is a lot of the times these characters do have to be kind of like a Machiavellian stereotypes, someone that you can pit the entire thing on. Like we had this conversation about Thrawn in Rebels. It's Are like Thrawn, Thrawn, Thrawn is his, Thrawn is a very deep character in the books and he's very complex. And a lot of it is like Thrawn is against violence, against innocence. He does everything he can to preserve the lives of those involved. In Rebels, he's like, let me just blow up a dude on a motorbike real quick just to prove a point. But my thing is, is like, 
Yeah, for the <laughs> Theron said, I think I'm gonna kill this man for the lols. Do it for the vine. Okay. This is not my um, beautiful house. This is not my beautiful blue wife. Like <laughs> male wife Theron, anyway. Um, but I do think leave. like there's something to talk about there in saying like in books that well in books like the Thrawn books which are geared more towards adults you can do stuff like that where you have that nuance but a lot of the times in shows for kids movies for kids you can't get there however I think that leads to a really difficult intersection where you want to have these villains that represent a diverse group a diverse maybe it's like a fashy empire but like they represent a lot of beliefs within that empire but because it's a kid's show, they don't actually go into the nuance of it. And it just makes it really muddled. And it makes it like, oh, we have a woman of color, so you should be happy. But it's like, no, actually, can we maybe get like some nuance? And and that's always something that I battle with. I feel like you guys probably do. Oh, yeah. Well. No, every single fucking time I'm like, well, you know what? Maybe it's a commentary on the fact that within fascism, like, you know, everybody, like, you know, there's a lot of people who have to participate in the military industrial complex, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, Lower your expectations. This is Star Wars, please. <laughs> I do think, though, that one of the problems I have with that, because, like, Ali, you're very, very correct that, like, because it's kids' media that adults consume, it has to be less complex because you cannot take your seven-year-old to, like, see Schindler's List. Like, they're, they're going to be like, what is happening? It's not possible. But the problem that we run into is that some of those characters become so far reduced to their worst forms because, like, Sagarera, perfect example, is a really complicated character because I mean I'm like I say saw rights, like he's he should do it, but you can't present that to a child as like, is militancy bad or good when you're resisting a fascist empire? They don't even know what the word fascism means. They're eight. Like, but then at the same time, the adults who consume this media stop there. They're like, well, he sucks and I hate him. Like I had someone in my comment section today who is in their 20s being like, Saw is a terrible character because he's too militant. And I'm like, you are a grown ass adult. You need to pull back and do some research before you come in my comment section saying shit like that, like pull back. But that's that's why I'm like, that's an ongoing It's a hard line to tell. That's an ongoing problem in in fandom, anything in general where people can't like separate like, oh, I don't like what this character does. And oh, I don't like what they, the writers have made this character. They cannot, they cannot do the sep- the, the, the critical thinking separation um, that I, I see it so constantly. It's like, oh, come on, just take one more little step. Come on, you can do it. Um, I, but actually you, you were saying of like, oh, you, they flatten people, whatever. I actually, my first reaction to this episode as it was airing was, holy shit. This is much like some of the glimmering moments of of the Clone Wars that I love dearly. Um, This episode was one of the few moments in Star Wars where I'm like, oh, they balance this quite well. And Dave is quite good at it, but, but, uh, or, and all of them, we attributed to Dave, but it's a lot of people. Um, But like, I was like, oh, this is, this is the first time I've seen, (laughs) again, the bars on the ground. Oh, they've really balanced like, you know, moments for kids and characterization and, and exposition and, and emotion and all the shit and, and you know, and bringing in all the baggage of Order 66 and whatever with like some complex political shit. And I was like, wow, this was, this is like a deft hand, deft, I don't know if that's the right word, uh, like a balanced hand here that I was like, I was like, wow, this is this is, this is, this is a, this is, this is very finely crafted and you do not get this very much in Star Wars. I'm used to having this food and other thing. Like, I was like, 
oh, this was like watching an episode of Full Metal Alchemist, and I'm not, I'm not prepared for that in Star Wars. I'm not prepared for that level of quality. <laughs> I can't wait for the next episode when Tarkin makes a chimera. Um, I, I do just, I, I think, uh, I agree. I oh. think it, unless, unless anyone else has anything to add on the um, fashy issues of Star Wars, um, I know we still have a couple points that we want to talk about. One last thing, I just want to yes end on um with like fascism in in star wars i think like i'm not trying to find the word to say it even like because and i think about this a lot because i'm like george lucas what the fuck were you doing with the prequels um because i see some moments of intentionality of like who he's making the separatists and how that those caricatures are to like be like when the empire rises this is how xenophobia happens because he has characterized all these like aliens as the bad guys and the emperor can do that whatever but because George Lucas, uh, as much as he can have his social major moment, um, he like has never been a direct um, like victim of imperial violence. And no, no, none of the, the writers of Star Wars have really ever been in that in that place of like at, at the margin um, of like imperial and colonial violence. And so that is also a problem, I think, just in Star Wars and in a larger like writing sense where it's like, okay, you can you can talk all about this, but where where is your your experience and how is that shading this whole entire story? Uh, but yeah, anyways, Callus um, go, go on. You're right, Nisha. Okay. okay, we just said we weren't going to say that. Just so you guys know, we all have some funny uh, funny names in our chat that we are going to discuss later. Um, and Mel has just uttered mine, and we're not ready to unpack all of that yet. So let's, um, there's a couple other points that we had sort of had about the Bad Batch. Mine that I just want to say, Kane and Jairus, uh, Italian icon. Um, hey, hey. Let's go on. Caleb, the next Caleb, do, I was like, hey, Dave. Hey, hi. Um, You can't just throw Caleb Doom and Depa Balaba at me um, and then Order 66 and then Saw Gerrera, and then everything out like you can't you can't put all that in one app but like dave hey bestie i can't do this today um i was like hi um i told a bunch of people they didn't have to watch rebels to catch up before they got here um and well this is this is a part of another thing where i was like because we're gonna talk later about 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 cut law queen but where i was like dave really said hey bestie you do have to watch the, uh, the all of the shows. You cannot skip episodes. Sorry, bitch. And I really do respect him for that. And he kind of did that in The Mandalorian too, where he was like, hey, um, if you haven't watched all of it, even the most obscure shit, sucks for you. <laughs> Y'all remember <laughs> Bo-Katan? This is a fun Mandalorian moment, is the fact that I am currently watching it with my mom, who's not a Star Wars person. She's seen most of the movies. Um, up until like the time of the Mandalorian she hasn't seen the sequels um, she hasn't watched any of the shows I've been reading the Thrawn books and I've been talking to her about it a lot and I'm 100% prepared for the Ahsoka episode for us to get there and for her to be like I have no idea who this is and she's like where's Grand Admiral Thrawn and she's gonna be like oh Thrawn how does she know Thrawn is his, ca- is his I can boy with him I conditioned my Discord the same way. They had only seen The Mandalorian. They had never seen the movies before. I had them watch all the movies. And then they were like, fuck it. We're going to watch The Clone Wars. Um, But they had never seen the... They hadn't seen The Clone Wars. We watched The Phantom Menace. Duel of the Fates begins. And they all go, 
oh, we get it. We get why you're a mall fucker. Um, immediately. They all immediately became mall fans. Hadn't even seen the Clone Wars. Then they watched Solo and they were like, oh, this is my favorite Star Wars movie now. Again, hadn't seen the Clone Wars yet. Maul shows up on screen and they start screaming on the voice chat and whatever. And I was like, so I've conditioned you people. Oh, shit. Um, Have loved Maul. Anyway. I I would just like to, uh, to shame Claudia a little bit for how shamelessly you said the word mallfucker and then just didn't like figure on that at all. The way that you were like, you said it like it was the weather. The same way that I'm like, oh, it's like 75. You're like, yeah, as a mallfucker. And I'm like, pull back, start over. Let's pause for a second. Let's realign, huh? Like, just wanted to just wanted to throw that out there. Maybe, maybe you know, as gay people, we're really accustomed to shame. And like living through it, maybe we should be a little bit less accustomed to it. You know, maybe we should like keep <laughs> more me, to ourselves. I do just want to say this is coming from someone whose display name is currently Craig, which is for Django and uh, Craig Dooku. So, you know, maybe get move out that. of your glass house will... before you start throwing stones. <laughs> and I'm saying <laughs> that I know that I know that my display name right now is Callus M. Preg. So let's, <laughs> yeah, let's stay playful together. All right, let's let's let's. <laughs> Let's, uh, let's get back to the original plot yeah, of the movie. let's get back um, yeah, on track Jess, now. Yes, would you like to yes. discuss Omega Trans Icon? Because we need to have a discussion. Where do I even start with Omega Trans Icon? <laughs> There's so much good content there, and it's all canon. Yeah. I know. I was thinking about the people in my chat before, in my comments, coming for me and being like, Omega can't be trans because, you know, if she was already born a girl, then how is she trans? Because Django, she's a Django clone. Also, she could be an intersex icon. We don't know. We don't, don't yes. (laughs) And we don't need to know. We don't need to know what's going on with the child. We just need a trans icon. I'd rather not know. I would rather not have them openly be like, let us just like, oh, can you imagine episode four just titled Omega's Gender that we just did there? No. (laughs) That's episode 16. With that one. No, but like said, I think this is what the the trans want. Omega literally like, I mean, we don't know. She could have been born a boy. And then she was like, I'm a girl now. And the Kaminoans were like, okay. I mean, we could also get there where... People are like, no, go. (laughs) Okay, because I was going to say something kind of serious. So now I don't want to kill the mood. It's not that serious. But I do want to say like something about like, this is not going to happen. So I don't even know why I'm paying it this time on mine. But it could be like, Omega's born a boy. And then she's like, actually, I'm a girl. And the Kaminoans are like, okay. Dave Filoni's getting his glad award. He's getting (laughs) it. Dave Filoni really said, I think I'm going to make a commentary about trans people. I'm going to go all in. Um, No, I don't think that's going to happen. I would not want that to happen. In Star Wars, I've decided that there is no transphobia because I've said so. Um, I am now Kathleen Kennedy. Thank you all for coming. Um, It's totally possible, though, that that Omega was born a boy and then decided, no, I'm a girl because like Omega probably also was like, you know what? I'm going to be blonde now too. And if Omega can be blonde, then Omega can be a girl too. Just like Rex. That- I would like to yes. think yes. that Omega saw Rex in a hallway one time and was like, yes. am I trans? Like that was the whole <laughs> process. 
He said, I don't want to be like him. Really? She said, I have opposite syndrome. She said, she said, she's not Rex, but I want to be whatever the opposite of that is. I say this as a Rex lover. He's going to see them and be like, hello. I don't know. There's anything about a lot, though. Whenever any, like, heteros on the internet complain about, like, the gay agenda or the transgender in Star Wars, I'm like, do you really believe that there are gay and trans people involved in the writing and creation of Star Wars? Okay, pull back for a second, please. Like, they're like, this is what the gay people want. And I'm like, you think they listen to us? What? You think they have any idea what we want? No. Star Wars they is gay and homophobic. Of activism. Yes. I, uh, oh, I agree. Oscar Isaac and John Boyega doing their fucking hardest, and that's it. <laughs> There's only Bless two headies I respect. Look, when, when it comes down to it, they're the only two heterosexuals I'm keeping around. That's it. Everyone else, your time is up. You're on thin ice. But like, those two... Gregor, you're on thin fucking ice. Um, let's okay. Let's let's move on to um King uh Cutler Queen, who is who we had. Um, this is something that I think I would categorize as a spoiler, but it's not yes. really because it hasn't happened. There was a leaked image that had some thumbnails from the Bad Batch on Disney Plus from the listing. And the first one was called Aftermath. And it was the same thumbnail that has now been, like, now we see that that's what it is. And it had the title and image for the first three episodes. Episode two is called Cut and Run. And the description is like, oh, the Batch is going to go see an old confidant or an old uh, contact. And it's like, well, cut cut Laquan. Well, people icons. also said that the sector they said they were going to has the planet that he's on, which I was too stupid to figure out. Um, I was like, oh, they're going to see Rex. And people were like, no, it's cut Laquan. And I was like, ah! Yeah, I'm, I'm very much in the same boat. They were like, we're going to this sector. And I'm like, I ah, sure hope I know where that is. Like, I don't, if you name a planet in Star Wars that isn't like Yavin 4, I'm like, or Lothal, I'm like, I haven't heard of her. I don't know where that is. And I've never been there. And I don't know how to use a map. I'm gay. Same, a GPS same. is too much for me. Rex is not someone that they could be contacting right now because it's just post order 66. So that motherfucker could be anywhere and they're just like, whatever. So I was like, hmm, maybe it's maybe it's cut and his beautiful MILF wife. And I'm very excited to see another MILF. I'm basically on the Star Wars MILF agenda. And I love that for you. I am I will say, I am here to say I think that the the only this is a a deep cut. I think the only only logical explanation is that the Bad Batch goes back to Onderon. And find and find Rex living with his husband Saw Guerrera. Obviously. And I'm now here to push the Rex Saw agenda because I, you know, that's just the only thing that makes sense. I'm sorry, Rex Dave. Agenda. Dave, come on. Let's give me the crumbs. Dave. I would like to I would like to think that when that when Saw was like, pack it up, we're leaving, he walked through the trees and Rex was right there waiting for him and was like, Hey babe. Like, and he just he's like, You know there are clones back there? I don't know them. We're not friends. We <laughs> those people are weird. Like <laughs> Completely right. Like, put me in a chokehold. Like, fuck those guys. <laughs> Wait. Okay. Literally. Actually, all... They really didn't care when Cody got pinned by a by a giant. Like, they really were homophobic when they didn't help Cody immediately. Like, that's that's. I don't deal with that. We okay. So we all. I know we moved on from Omega, but to be serious for a second, we all agree that she's force sensitive, right? Like, absolutely they're oh, like absolutely. Oh, she's very perceptive and like oh like she definitely knows that he still has his chip in and, and they're like how did you know how to use again she's like i don't know and she was able to like you know han solo shoot first over crosshair which first of all my han solo force sensitive theory keeps keeps on trucking um but <laughs> but i was like so we're all in agreement 
Um, and literally, as soon as she would like went up to the front, of, of course, me with my brain worms, I was like, "Is Omega gonna skywalk? Is she gonna skywalk?" The way my mind immediately went there, I was like, just like she like because just how that part of the episode is framed where it's like they're all like looking at Wrecker who's like being hurt or whatever and she's just like oh <laughs> the front of a ship I'm going to go see space for the first time bye idiots and then walks over there and just oh my god I had such intense flashbacks to um fucking Thrawn Chaos Rising when he's like hey Cherry want to fucking learn how to pilot a ship bitch and she's like hell fucking yeah flashbacks anyways continue <laughs> I wasn't super convinced of force sensitive Omega until I saw the way that like they were acting with the clone, like the whole like hand on the shoulder thing. It was like, okay, I've, I've, because at first it was like, yeah, they have enhanced senses, but like so does Hunter apparently, allegedly. I, I, all I really want is a shot of him in the Bad Batch, like sniffing the air, like a, like, like a, like Tyler, like, uh, not Tyler, Jacob from Twilight. I, I want him to like, like, sense the air, like run after something. But yeah. I, I buy Force Sensitive Omega because they seem to get, like, more emotion from their weird sense stuff than they do, like, physical shit. Like, yeah, they were like, there's it's someone also, here. But the Force can do Dave that. It's also a Dave show. It's also a Dave show. And as we know, that means grown men, Force Sensitive Magic Child. It's, it's gotta would, be... Yep. It's, it's yeah. Ahsoka, it's Grogu, it's... I mean, because there were a lot of parallels to the Mandalorian, very specifically in this, where like Grogu, when Grogu saves Din, and like at the, it was like a big climax, whatever, like you know, all all of that. I mean, has saved him several times, and like, um, you know, when they defy orders to save Grogu, and like whatever, because he he has special powers, he's a special child, and like, I mean, Ahsoka too is also magical, but like, I was like, like. It's, here's, come on. here's a fun little Grogu moment that I will say the other day I did post a TikTok this is I'm so sorry this is so out of nowhere I did post a TikTok talking about how Dave Filoni likes to put children in combat which I do think fits sort of with what we're talking about because I, and I think that's quite provable which you know he takes after George Lucas but I made that and I was like some of my examples were Ahsoka and Ezra and Grogu I had like five people in my comments trying to tell me Grogu's not a child <laughs> And I was like, I know chronologically he's 50, but that is, that is a baby. That is, he is a child. That little girl is a child. Boy, have you lost your mind? Cause I'll help you find it. But, oh, but I did want to say I had, oh, talking about four sensitive Omega. Here's something that I want to posit. When they were about to have that food fight scene and um, the other clones were like, Hey, why that kid just throw something at us? And Hunter walked up and put his hand on the shoulder and was like, you don't want to do this. Like just walk away. And then he did. I was like, Oh, Force-sensitive hunter? Crumbs? Clone? Force-sensitive crumbs? That is his, like, pat. Like, he... I don't really know what his, like, power is, but he's, like... His power... His power is, like, increased senses. That's what they... That's what his official, like, Star Wars summary website is, like, uh, Hunter has increased senses. He can... He's good at vibe-checking. He's a vibe-checking king. But here's what that makes me think of. That makes me think of in... uh, I... I think you know what I'm going to say. In Thrawn Alliances, when Anakin is talking about how, um, when Anakin's talking about how he fights using the Force, he uses this thing that's like, oh, I have double vision. So you have double vision, so I kind of see what's going to happen, and then I avoid it. Double vision. Oh, yes. Okay, exactly. So what I'm saying is, it would make sense. 
I don't know if this is going to happen. This might be a crackpot theory, but it would make sense if Hunter is force sensitive and Omega knows he's force sensitive or that they are the same. And that's why Omega wants so hard to like be like him and is imitating him because they're like, we're the same. But Hunter has no idea that that's what his thing is. And Omega knows that they are not the same. Like they know that like, oh, this is my thing. I'm something special. And so you're, you're the same Hunter, as me. And Hunter doesn't get that. You're saying that the Ray is stored in the Hunter, not the Grogu. Yes. Oh my God! Look, yes. the Ray, Ray is the, the hunter, not the Grogu. You're saying that hunt. You're saying that Hunter is the the like they accidentally made a force sensitive clone. Oh my God! What if, what if they accidentally made a force sensitive clone with him, and then they tried to do another one to make Omega? Oh my God! This is, but here's what here's my like interpretation of the force, and we could like have a longer conversation about this. But I know we want to probably move on to we have many more segments, so this I will punctuate as being my last moment of stupid theory. My theory about the force has kind of been like it's not a genetic thing. So like in the Skywalker line, the force is very strong, and it's because it's like similar to the dark saber to Bo-Katan talking about it. It's like it doesn't and um what's his name, the guy um Moff Gideon saying like the dark saber doesn't care about like whatever it wants there to be a story like there there's a narrative here and i feel like that's kind of how the force works where it's it's like George. okay it makes sense for <laughs> it makes sense for someone like um luke and leia to have the force because anakin like his part in the story of the world is so big so it's like so i saying, don't think that so you're saying the force is a messy bitch who lives for drama yes exactly so I'm saying like, I don't think that the force is necessarily genetic. So I think that they wouldn't, because if it was like, they would literally just make a bunch of force sensitive clones, except for the idea that Lucasfilm is like, actually um, the clones can't be force sensitive because like, they're not naturally born, which is such a mess. I don't even want it. That's some, that's some Macbeth bullshit. Um, <laughs> I, but I just Does that say, mean like, that I, if, you're, if you have a clone by C-section, they have the force? If we're going I, off of the Macbeth yes. narrative? I honestly have no idea, and I don't want to know. At Star Wars, please do not make me know things. Wait, but I do think that that is possible that they that Hunter happened, and they were like, "Oh, this kid's a little bit different." Side, a little bit of a side side tangent about experimentation. So Crosshair walks out basically in Death Trooper armor, and a little bell went off in my brain because um, they just they they just did the. the extra juice on his brain <laughs> i don't know they did the extra juice on his brain and tarkin was like more more i'm doing the kylo ren impression um <laughs> but um they did the extra juice on his brain and then i remembered i was like oh remember in thrawn treason when um ronan and um uh um eli are hanging with some death troopers they're like what the fuck is wrong with these dudes and these guys are like yeah we volunteered to uh, genet be um, tested on to become assholes. Um, and I was like, wait, so you're telling me that the, the backstory for the Death Trooper program is Crosshair being tortured by Tarkin? Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're Thrawn saying? Essential, anyway. Thrawn is essential reading for the, apparently for the Bad Batch, okay. Thrawn is essential reading. But here's the thing, sorry, this is, I'm so sorry to bring this back to the Force and Thrawn, but I just keep on thinking about this because there's such a big concept in in Star Wars in general where it's like you're you have to have faith in the force right like it's like trust only in the force so you have to have that confidence within yourself to be like yes I have the force and that's why I think that the Skywalkers the children of the Chiss ascendancy lose their powers is because they've been told they've been conditioned that they don't they can't after a certain age right 
um Noah's nodding I don't know if you've read any of the Thrawn books <laughs> I I haven't but I've seen every single one of your videos on pretty much every aspect of Thrawn at this point so I basically have like like a, a board of pins with red twine and I'm like okay this guy's from this one this happened so I, I saw you talk about this this idea that just children like lose their force sensitivity because of that because like I knew that because at one point I was like could Thrawn have the force and the internet was like no like only girls no he cannot I'm like girl boss moment that's why that that's why I was like okay well hold on a minute so I I did know about that and I agree with Ollie that like it doesn't make sense for the force to be like super genetic and it prior to the prequels it wasn't like even in in like legend material and stuff it wasn't necessarily like a thing you inherited which also I mean for me this is why I'm a Ray Nobody stan because that would have been a really cool moment to have a very force sensitive person with no like reason to be like it's weird to me because whenever I have people that get like really into like the idea that like, the force is genetic so like you have to have like like it's not like the mutant gene in x-men you can't pass it on like because we know nothing of the histories largely of like a ton of other jedi like i would argue avar chris from light of the jedi is a very very force sensitive person who the hell are her parents like what like i, I want to see punnett squares use it as an argument i want to see yeah because no, in avatar fandom we were doing fucking punnett squares for people to try and figure out like what what's going on with how people figure out bending and whatever because i was i was saying like you know i was talking a whole thing about airbenders or whatever and i was like oh if you want to bring if you want to do punnett square kind of shit for for star wars it's not it's not gonna track like there's no logic to it at all like well and even with that though like with uh one of some of the lore of avatar that actually ties back into the city like the force is more spiritual is that all and before the extinction of the air nation all air all air nomads were airbenders because they were so spiritually connected to the their own bending that none of them were non-benders and i'm like look, it doesn't make sense for the force to be like because because if it were like the night sisters why couldn't you get like a blood transfusion of the force and be like well i'm a jedi now and they that's, were trying that's to do literally that what Palpatine's trying in to the do mandalorian that's literally what he's trying to do but i'm like i don't think that's possible and it's hey, i agree protecting the body but i'm like let's not do can we not do anatomy of wizard powers please I no am... black quantum in star war oh <laughs> literally like can we not i don't want people discussed it with the sequels i was like hey bestie hi um let's not go down that road hey let's 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 take it let's take it back let's i know you're talking about bloodlines a lot i was like hey there are main characters in this in this story who are adopted a lot of people um and also you're saying the words bloodline a lot and it's very uncomfortable i'm gonna need you to roll that roll that clock back this is a yeah this is a fun Star Wars moment too, is again, I will add, I've been watching Star Wars with my mom and they were talking about how powerful uh, Anakin was. And she was like, is Qui-Gon his dad? And I was like, please don't say that right now. I'm trying to watch Star Wars and I really like, I mean, he should be, but he's not, but we're not going to get into that. Um, but please I do want to say, unless uh, anyone has anything else they want to talk about, uh, do we want to wrap up our thoughts about the Bad Batch? What do we, uh, we, we're getting oh, little... we didn't talk about Sagarera, my base king. We did. I think we, we actually, we did. We did. We did. Okay. We did. I'm just you saying, just blacked out. Very... You were so excited. All I'm saying oh, are we was... talking about, like, how he looked, look? Like, how he was looking like a snack, or? <laughs> First of all, one, oh, number God. one, he looked like a snack. Second of all, his little, his little speech where he, like, just laid it down about the galaxy. I was like, first of all, this is why I have always said Sagarera is one of 
very few characters who knew what the fuck was up all the time. And the other character, I know this is a hot take, much like Satine, which I used to be a, I used to be a like, what the fuck is going on with Satine, whatever. And then I rewatched it and I was like, oh, wait, she, oh no, she gets it. That's why she's like, I'm not playing these reindeer games. So I'm like, I was sitting there listening to Sagarera in this episode of The Bad Batch. And I was like, oh, um, so he, it pretty much the three people who know what the fuck is going on in the entire galaxy while everyone else is like, I don't know, are Maul, Satine, and Sagarera. And that's it. And you know what? They're all day. Yes, of course. Except for the fact that like all of them are on exact opposite ends of a triangle. I don't really know what the triangle is, but I know that they're on opposite ends. The light, the dark, and the bendu. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Oh my god! That's it. You you cracked the code. I guess (laughs) saw is the bendu. I sah is the that. Bendu, Maul is the dark, and Satine is the light. There we go. Let's go. Bad batch. We connected over. the dots. Over. We, we connected them. You haven't connected shit. Brother, sister, father. Talking Satine's father. If Sock is being Jin's father, Sock can be Satine's father. Saw is just adopting literally anyone he sees at this point. He's like, like, is anyone going to take care of this white child? (laughs) Rex and Sagarera have 18 children and counting. Okay, I would love, they're going to see Omega and be like, we'll take that off your hands. If you don't want it anymore, we'll we'll just scoop her up. I'm fucking obsessed with this. Okay, the idea of, (laughs) I can't, (laughs) I had a point to make it. Now I don't remember it because you Oh, man i'm just saying my ultimate my ultimate i'm just saying the dyad in the force kylo ren ray i don't know that the dyad in the force is saga rare is a teen and mall that's a triad but my point still stands i'm sorry if jj abrams had watched rebels he would know about the bendu and he wouldn't have made it a dyad i'm just saying jj abrams i'm not here to be like oh i hate the sequels but like watch rebels i promise you'll enjoy it king Literally, um, when the, that movie started, he was talking about a Sith Wayfinder. I was like, you mean a Sith Holocron? Bitch, who's never watched Rebels? Get it together. Get honestly, it together. Do your homework. Do your homework. JJ, honestly, I feel like, you know, I'm not very much into the gatekeep gaslight girl boss thing, but when it comes to JJ Abrams, I might be. Um, I, suddenly, my gender is girl boss when I see JJ Abrams, and I, be- <laughs> I, begin, to, I begin to feel gatekeepy. Um, no i just i i don't like his approach to directing but that's a very that's a much bigger box to open than the bad batch next episode yeah okay Um, everyone let's do final thoughts on the bad batch and then we will move on to another fun segment that we have prepared we've been recording for about 17 hours just so you're gonna have a lot of content um (laughs) okay mel has just dropped in our chat (laughs) execute order girl boss that's what happens he's palpatine executes order girl boss he's like commander cody execute order girl boss and he sees obi-wan and he's like well he's a male wife so i he's not a girl boss i gotta kill him i'm just saying i still believe i'm still firm in my theory satine and obi-wan are gatekeep gaslight girl boss and mansplain manipulate male wife and I don't really have anything else Completely. to say. No, and the Cody, Cody of- is, um, what did I say? Um, threaten, um, <laughs> <laughs> I said, I said, threaten, 
Um, what was the, the, the second one? Not your assumption that Cody is a them boss. <laughs> I mean, okay, I a am them what? They them Cody. That's actually pretty valid. Um, Cody's a very gender neutral name, so I do vibe with that. I think I said. Um, what did I say? I said threaten the. I don't remember. <laughs> We're gonna have to come back. I have it. dementia, so I don't actually know what you said. Yeah, I don't think I was there, so I don't know. All right, let's. I okay. remember reading the word "them boss" and I was like, "I'm leaving. Gotta go by." Okay, let's 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 get back to the plot. I found it. <laughs> oh, threaten, throw down, them boss. <laughs> I feel like we need to come Thrawn up with something better than them boss, but it's like because I feel like girl boss and male wife, like those are like we need something in the middle for them boss, not to in, not Thrawn to insinuate boss. that there are three genders. Bendu boss, Thrawn boss, ben, Bendu I, boss I, I works, but it's Thrawn a boss. <laughs> Thrawn boss is, but I feel like it, it's not the them, it's the boss part. But we can talk about this in a later episode. I think just um, Ben do. Wait, can we discuss, can we discuss that Kevin Kiner um, responded to me on Reddit? Yes, yes. Let us, let us go ahead and put a pin in this and say, I think all of us enjoyed the Bad Batch. All of us are looking forward to it. We will be talking about the Bad Batch more, probably have a bit more of an organized episode next time. But you know, I feel like we're doing pretty good for our first test run. Dave Filoni um, pay for my therapy. This Filoni. is the first time we've talked, we've spoken ever together. Yeah, I was thinking that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kind of realized that when we were like getting ready to make this, I was like, I have never actually directly used my voice with these people because the thing about I TikTok is, I, only- I wouldn't say that I'm like, I'm presenting a farce because I'm not, but I do a lot of takes of every one of my videos. So it's very polished. And then the real me is a living, breathing mess. Like, if I don't like TikTok, I am doing that 17 straight times in a row, no matter what it is. And then I'm like, well, we're done here. Whereas talking, I'm a problem. I am an issue. I did not come to make things easy. I made them difficult. I, I think the best compliment I ever received was someone meeting me, knowing me from the internet and going, wow, you really are exactly the way you present yourself on the internet. And I was like, I don't know if that's an insult or a compliment, but thank you. Um, it's a statement. <laughs> I feel like if someone said that to me, I would be insulted considering my current display name is Callus Empreg. And that is not um, not great for the professional environment. Um, probably not going to be my, showing my this one to my is mom. That an employer finds my TikTok because the idea of someone being like, so yesterday you made a video categorizing different types of hot dads. I want to talk about that. I'm like, I'd like to do the job interview now. Like, I would leave. Literally, in my bio, it's like guilt enthusiast. Like, well, <laughs> I work with freshman high schoolers. I, my fear every single day is that they will find my TikTok. Bold of you to assume they haven't already. Yeah. Don't they, put that out there. They already know about the, like, they're like, nobody tell TikTok them. Knows where nobody you say been. anything about. That's like how you assume teachers don't go home during the, during, like, it's like the kids who think teachers just sleep at the school. They're like, oh, well, Mel just like leaves school and goes on to TikTok and that's where they live. Um. But anyway, okay, so let's, okay. I keep saying we're going to wrap it up. Bad Batch good, mostly. Some, some, uh, yes, some I interesting moments, but all other of us, than I think, my baby is it. this? It's a great, it's a great television show. Other than all of the white children, it was very good. Um, yes. And I'm happy to see the animation style maintained from Clone Wars. I, I do love Rebels. I will not accept slander about Rebels. However, 
I firmly support the Clone Wars art style more than I do the Rebels one, and I was happy to see them make that artistic choice. I just think it looks more polished right now. Yeah, that Disney money. I was like, ooh, this is crisp. Let's, <laughs> let's, uh, then in this case, let's go ahead. Um, we have a brief interlude before we get into more uh, cursed content. Um, uh, Kevin Kiner, who is the composer for Clone Wars um, and for now The Bad Batch, and I believe he also did Rebels, um, so uh, he did a, a AMA on Reddit and Claudia did ask him a question. Let's hear how it went. Um, yeah, I was actually reading all of his responses and like crying, sobbing. Um, he also apparently did Narcos. He's done like a lot of shit um, and, a, and a couple of the Star Wars games as well. Um, and he was answering a lot of people's questions and his answer for me was like really detailed. I was like, wow. Um, so basically what I asked, I basically asked him about like, one of my favorite I, I am a musician so the reason I like Star Wars is the music and one of my favorite parts of the Clone Wars is every time Anakin does something bad they're like hit that Imperial March button and it makes me laugh every time and so now I'm, I'm guiding my friends through the Clone Wars and I have pointed this out to them and it, we might be chatting while we're watching whatever and I'll be like everybody stop they're playing the music they're playing the music and like <laughs> whatever so I said this to him and I was like listen like we have a bingo card at this point I was like what was the process to decide this i was like was it just natural did you you know did dave be like yeah we're gonna hit the we're gonna hit the by the way anakin's vader button today like what was the what was the process um and he had a really good answer he was like um the answer to that is fairly fairly complicated, but I'll share a few insights. First of all, George Lucas did not want John Williams themes to be used very often in the Clone Wars. It was his vision that the music take on a new path with different ethnic influences as well as new themes. Yeah, George, we know that you like cultural appropriation. <laughs> um, However, he and Dave Filoni both would point out special areas where we should use, say, the Force theme or the Imperial March. Oh, so they really did say, hit that, hit that button. Um, <laughs> I used to refer to it as bringing out the big guns. <laughs> this is exactly what I imagined. Um, this way, when those themes would play, they really meant something and really stood out. However, there are also more obscure references to some of John's themes throughout the Clone Wars, and they may be what you're hearing. Um, sir, I did hear them. I absolutely did, sir. Um, the process for those is that possibly Dave Filoni may tell me to have a bit of an imperial flavor here, but nothing too overt. Or other times, I'll start out with the first few notes of the Force theme and then take the melody in a new direction. I think this sets up a subliminal feeling of Star Wars without overusing these iconic, wonderful melodies. I, Faith. first of all, I love being right. Second of all, <laughs> I, I love the idea of Dave just being like, Let's do it. Dave being like, I think this could be a little bit more sister. If I get some Imperial March for the table, will you guys have some? Can we get some Imperial March for the table? I do like that it was deliberate though, because I, I, whenever I saw that, I was like, yeah, we get it. Thank you for letting me know that Anakin and Vader were very aware. But I, I do like that that was like a choice to heighten things. Uh, I do sort of wonder what that experience was like for people watching the Clone Wars who hadn't seen the rest of the Star Wars movies. Like when I was a kid just getting into it, I saw the Clone Wars first. So I was like, whom is, and then in the middle of the Clone Wars, I watched every other Star Wars movie and I was like, oh. So I kind of wonder, like, I wonder how that played a role in that. Cause I wasn't surprised when they were like, Anakin starts Vader and I was like, that makes sense. <laughs> like, I see that for him, that journey. He was headed there for a long time. Sorry, oh my God, I'm so bad at interrupting. We'll have to work on this. Um, something that I think is a really good 
point about that and about you brought up like people who haven't seen Star like who Clone Wars may have been their first interaction with Star Wars. I think that there's a lot of sort of cultural knowledge. Like I think a lot of people know Anakin Skywalker is Luke Skywalker's dad and he's also Darth Vader. And I feel like if you don't know anything about Star Wars, there's like a pretty big chance that you're going to know the line, Luke, I am your father. So it's like, it's not a big jump to say, oh, that's Luke Skywalker. And then you hear the name Anakin Skywalker and you're like, that must be his dad. For example, like I'm going to keep using her for content, but my mom, who's never seen any Star Wars movie, she knew Anakin Skywalker was Luke's dad. Had no idea what Anakin Skywalker showed. Like she saw Dooku and was like, "Is that Anakin?" And I was like, "No, it is not." But um, not my I main keep... man, Greg. <laughs> this is not my beautiful house. Um, but but I do think like there's probably a certain level of like how much can you foreshadow and how much can you make it effective when everyone, most likely at least all of the people who are old enough to really appreciate it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. The chat, I'm so sorry. Our chat is off. Mel, <laughs> you have got to stop with this chat. I'm reading it and I'm incapable of like not laughing about it. Mel just clicked. For those out of the loop, Mel just <laughs> sent, this is not my beautiful Craig. I hate it here. Okay. I don't even remember what I was trying to say. God damn, I guess it doesn't. <laughs> Since we're talking about Craig Dooku, I think that's a good transition into um a segment we will be bringing back oh sorry let me finish i remember what i was gonna say i'm sorry okay so (laughs) this is this is this is peak star wars fans (laughs) honestly gay people shouldn't have rights um that was my point no no what i'm saying i um i'm kidding that slash j um what I meant to say is sort of how much musical foreshadowing can you do knowing that most of your audience knows what is going to happen. So it's like, you know, I might not know what's going to happen in season five of the Clone Wars if I'm on season one, but I know at the end, Revenge of the Sith is going to happen. Like I know Anakin's going to become Vader. I know Obi-Wan's going to go to Tatooine. Like, like there are certain things that you just know. And the question as a composer is like, how do you play with the expectation and how do you make it effective instead of feeling so shoehorned like okay we know he's vader and i think people like like kevin kiner like i remember the first time re-watching clone wars when it got put on disney plus hearing the imperial march and being like oh oh that's like i didn't appreciate that when i was in like 2012 watching this but yeah i think for me like because i think about that a lot too uh because someone who likes to understand how suspense can be done correctly when the Clone Wars season seven came out and they were like, we're going to follow Ahsoka at the end of the war, I was like, okay, but like, we know where she's going. We know that she and Rex survive. We just don't know how we get there. And that to me was really good suspense. Like that's what I kind of liked about the Clone Wars was like, you know where Anakin ends up, but the, the path he takes to get there is interesting to watch. Even if you already know, I think honestly, Star Wars works better with that huge cultural knowledge that we know where half these characters end up. Like we know what happens to Vader. We, and most people honestly know what happens to Obi-Wan and Yoda. Like, because those fates are already known, you have a lot more like room to work with. And it's sort of like, like, did I know that Caleb was going to survive Order 66? Obviously, like, duh. But watching him go through it still sucked. <laughs> Didn't not enjoy to be, it. Not to be like serious or have a TED talk or anything, but you were saying like, it's better, it's better when we know, when we, when we know it's going to happen, right? And that's why the sequels felt like, oh dear God, what's going to happen? Um a lot of people always say like, oh, the TV shows are the best, whatever. And it's not just that, it's that 
um, Star Wars thrives in the connective tissue, and 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 the and this is why people like the prequels nowadays of like of like in the connective tissue of like we know what's gonna happen. Like Star Wars is like ex always expanding like between set points, which is a thing that most other other things cannot do. Um, so and it thrives in the connective tissue area because it's like you know um, you know what what flowers can grow from the from the crack in the concrete is basically what it is um and so um it's and that you know and that's why the sequels are so hard or whatever and so that's why in this essay i will um that's why star wars is gay um because um that's what queerness is about um uh being within the margins um finding the meaning within the margins in this essay i will thank you for coming to my ted talk anyway okay i will take it well, upon myself to go to the next segment i promise guys episode two we're gonna have this down like a well-oiled machine we're gonna be running worse. like freaking c3po before he got his clothes <laughs> in phantom menace when r2 is like hey you're naked and he's like oh Man, what am I doing? What am I talking about? We're going to be C-3PO before he got lobotomized. <laughs> the fact you can't that just say just, that. The fact that I can't just say that. Before he went to the spa. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Here's the last segment we would like to pause it before we end this incredibly long podcast episode. Um, cursed things of the week. There's been one thing on everyone's mind other than the Bad Batch, and that is everyone's favorite antagonist and gay homophobe, Tarkin. I would like to go ahead. I, I, we are not going to summarize all of the Tarkin drama and all of, you know, why is Tarkin gay and homophobic? There are many TikToks about it at this point. Um, you can definitely Google it. I don't have the emotional bandwidth to go into it. But it did happen, and I do need everyone to know that Tarkin has is give, he, I, you know, I really can could not watch the Bad Batch without being like Tarkin is eyeing eyeing the clones the whole time, and and that's a problem for me. I would like to say what I would consider a very nice cursed sentence, which is that Grand Moff Tarkin has canonically fucked. I want to put that into the universe so we're all equally aware of that. Isn't it, isn't it great that our limited canonical gay representation is the space fascist? How fun is that? Thank you, George. Really appreciate you for doing this one. We also have um, Sinji Rathilis, who is a former Imperial. We also have Dr. Afra, who is an anti-hero and a villain. Um, and then the only heroes I believe we get, and I believe there are some in the High Republic, and the only heroes I think we get, and of course the two lesbians who kiss in the background in Rise of Skywalker. So those are our, our two hero characters. And then- Gaslight and Boss, right there. Absolutely. And then of course we have in Star Wars Resistance, we have Flix and Orca, and they're, they're the only actual ones who are not fascists on screen. I do like, I do think, I appreciate all of the canon, all of the crumbs of canon gay we have, but I will say, you know, after reading that story, I read the Tarkin gay story many years ago, and I thought that I had imagined it until just recently. Um, but I will say something that I think is gayer, the, maybe the gayest thing to ever happen in Star Wars is uh, the Callus and Zeb ending in Rebels, which brings us into another cursed topic. That's just canonical gay representation just, at that point. I, I remember before I watched Rebels, I, I didn't watch Rebels until it was over, 
but people were like, oh my God, yes. Like these two are so cute together. They're like canon. People are like freaking out. And I was like, surely that's not the case. Surely people are over exaggerating. I watched first season. I was like, this this seems like something that someone on Tumblr would enjoy. And then at the end, I was like, oh no, no, that's Dave Filoni really read. He, he read one, like one gender book gender book who am I as we know Palazeb is furry space Destiel I'm gonna have to ask you to shut the hell up this is needed to cease and desist which one no here's the thing which one's homophobic and which one gets sent to super hell that's the real question if there's space Palazeb you need to answer that for me and you can't is the rebellion not super hell no you know you I actually would like no you know anyway Moving on. I'm sorry that literally the episode where the sentence gay man gets sent to super hell is canonical, valid, exists, and has been seen. Like, because I remember when I was in middle school, I was like a DCL truther. And then I I, I was like, oh, I have a life. I could do this the way all the time. And then there just isn't this. So after sixth grade, I was like, we're done here. And then I, I remember I was literally like, it, whenever this was, I am now in college. And I read it on Twitter. I was like, DCL is canon. And I'm like, no fucking way. They did this time. You want to know? <laughs> I, I am a, I am a whole like... adult who was working in the news during the election. So I had a friend text me and go, um, um, we won. And I said, what do you mean we won? The, ele- they, <laughs> the election results for this whatever state haven't come out yet. And she said, check Tumblr. And I was like, why would election results be on Tumblr? And she was like, go to the desk yell tag. And I was like, what do you mean? And to be clear, now we're getting into some Claudia lore. Um, to be clear, um, I am one of the few people who has continued to watch Supernatural all this time because the joke was I've invested this much time in this crap at this point, fuck it. And I do like trash. I already like Star Wars. Um, I love my garbage. And and then I was like- no, I was Hang like, on one second, please. No, hang on one second, please. Star Wars is garbage. However, <laughs> Star Wars is somewhere up here and you want to compare the 15 some odd season dumpster fire of one of the world's most- We don't have time to unpack all of You don't have time to unpack all of that. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I, I said to myself, I said, if they were to ever do Destiel, which would never happen, I would want to be caught up. Like it would be the most bonkers thing to ever happen and I would want to be caught up, right? Now- No, I, am, I feel like I enjoyed I am, it more having not watched it since uh, 2016. Same, so, same. No, and I have, a, I have a friend who worked on the show. And so I, I, I see Tumblr and I see people freaking out saying something about Destiel and I'm like, I'm sorry, Destiel is what? First of all, I was mad because it was spoiled for me because usually like the episodes go up the next day and then I watch them and I was like, you're fucking spoiling the episode for me. And then I was like, I guess I need to pirate the episode and watch it right fucking now. Um, what? I, I don't, look, I don't want to judge, but have you considered that there might be something wrong with you? <laughs> oh no, there's definitely something wrong with me. We don't have time to unpack all that. Um, I'm gonna, I want to pause it. I will say I have been on Tumblr since maybe 2012, probably longer. That's like when I have the account I had now. I will say there has not been a day since November 5th, 2020 that I have felt so much stimulus in my brain, but I'm not here. I'm not here to talk about Tumblr because I do realize that I said, Oh, here's something that's cursed. Calizeb. That is not what I meant. (laughs) There is more to that story. And I don't want everyone to think that I'm a homophobe for not liking Calis and Zeb because I do. They are the blueprint. 
They are, they are, I will say this, the season, the season where Dean and Cass go to purgatory. You can't keep doing this. Sort of Callus and Zeb in the, in the ice planet. You can't keep getting away with this. You can't I, keep I, getting away with this. I'm gonna have to, I'm I gonna mute you. I'm very uncomfortable with the energy we've created in the studio right now. I just want to see the archetype of the righteous, of the, the righteous rebel man. And then the like the fallen man who changes sides to be with him oh, i know that we said that this podcast is five gay people but right now i'm feeling like it's four i'm getting very heterosexual energy from this conversation uh just want to put this that is, out there i'm not like... saying i'm not saying that claudia does not deserve free speech however uh i'm getting there to a point where i'm okay with the with that sentence I'm so like happy for those of you who are still listening through this hate crime. I'm so happy that you guys are still here. I'm just trying to talk about my cursed callus and preg fic that we found about oh, me talking about Destiel. Is you- okay, no, because at least that's about Star Wars. So here's, here's my thing. It's on here's topic. My thing. It's topic. This is it's fruit on topic. fruit violence. This is <laughs> this is fruit on fruit violence. Now I'm going to sound like a total lunatic saying this, but so <laughs> this was supposed to be our section about cursed, and now we're just talking about Destiel, and it's making me feel that's bad. cursed. It counts. Oh, oh, I'm not, I'm not excusing Those are you. Synonyms. <laughs> Those are synonyms. I am, I am saying, I don't even want to talk about it now. I just want to say we found um, a fan fiction in which it is a, it is we a is, is some bold words. No, you. No, no, you, you were actually you were actually the one who found it and sent it to me, and I read it, and I took one for the team for all of you. A twist. I, a twi- so I do want to say, I want to give you all the premise. The premise of this is that Callus defects from the Empire and then finds out that he's pregnant with Darth Vader's child. Bessie, I can't do this today. <laughs> and, and General Draven and Mon Mothma slut shame him and are like, did you Did you, you say General him? Grievous? <laughs> Draven. Oh my god! <laughs> no, okay. So this is the plot, basically. Callus is sitting there, and Mon Mothma's like, "What happened?" And he's like, "Um, it's not really important, but it is a high-level Imperials baby." <laughs> and Draven's like, "We can use this. We could use this to our advantage." And this is a please lot. Don't, please don't say that. And it's a hot mess. But I just wanted to tell you guys, when we reference Empreg Callus, that is unfortunately what we were talking about. There is an amazing shirt that we will post to our Instagram that I had made as a mock-up that says, <laughs> it says, Vader, we have your baby mama. Come to the rebellion. And there is a photoshopped image of Callus on this shirt. And I was saying, this is maybe the funniest thing I've ever created. And what sucks is that no one other than the five people here are going to be able to understand why this is so funny. And I honestly think that's my Joker moment. And, um, that's it. That's your my villain, main focus. I'm so sorry villain. for the hot mess this has become. Your villain origin story is Empreg Callus. That's the hill you're dying on. I can't do this. I, I can't do this right now. All right. So well, thank you guys so much for stopping in. Um, I know we were also going to talk about Vader Pride merch that Disney dropped, but I feel like at this point. I feel I like we're done. There's another episode coming out this week because the fucking... first Brigitte Stonewall, you know. <laughs> I still, I think, you know, the first Brigitte Stonewall 
you know, I mean, we all know. I thought Tarkin threw the first brick at Stonewall. Tarkin threw the first mouse toy at Stonewall. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We know that this has been a bit much, um, a bit, a lot to process, um, but we are still sort of getting our sea legs. This is again, our first time sort of talking to each other in general. Um, Thank you again. We really appreciate your help um, and everything that you are doing for us now. You can find all of us. Our social medias are all linked in our Instagram bio and our Twitter bio, um, which is at um, RuPelps Pod Race. And we are that on all platforms. So please give us a follow. Please feel free to follow the creators. We really appreciate your support. Happy May 4th. And we will see you next time. How are we closing this? I thought that was a pretty Let's good closing. I, I thought that was the close. Oh, I meant... I. Yeah. I meant like at the end, you know how they like say like, waka waka, like the little. <laughs> I think that's oh, the end. Um, oh, we. Do I would our, like that to be the end because that was the most. Which is may the uh, may the force be with you and don't crip it up. We didn't say that at all this episode. Shit. That's yeah. exactly. Yes. Okay. I can we can we put that know. in that at the end? That may have been. That may have been the most competent thing that any of us said during this entire <laughs> nightmare of a podcast. <laughs> What are you talking about? Waka waka or <laughs> <laughs> Yes, waka waka. Period. Papa's catchphrase is waka waka. I Oh that's Yoda's catchphrase because he's literally fucking Fozzie Bear. <laughs> Thank you.